0: Today our topic is how to sell larger retainers while overcoming the top four scalability challenges for agencies using retainers. A lot of agencies love having retainers, the holy grail is having these clients on long-term retainers consistently paying you month after month and having this strong consistent cash base so that you can scale your business from that. But A lot of clients are resistant to purchasing high ticket year long retainers. So, why is that? It can be very challenging to get to that point where clients are going to commit at this level, and it can take months or even years of testing with these piddly small projects to be able to build that trust with them. Here are four problems that we consistently see with retainers. So, first off, I don't even like the term retainer, okay? But this is what our industry uses. So this is where we use the word retainer. But the reason why I don't like the word retainer is because it has this impression that you're just going to be available to your clients and they have access to your time, but not necessarily results. So the first challenge with retainers is that the value is driven by hours build. And even if you're offering a flat monthly fee, your clients still will be looking at it from the terms of how many hours that you put in and they're going to be looking at the value based on that. So here's the problem with that is that if they're looking at value based on hours worked, well, guess whose hours that the client is always going to want? Yours of course, right? This is fine if you're a solo person, if you're a solo consultant, but for a sustainable business where growth isn't tied to the owner's time, It's not sustainable, not scalable, because retainer fees do not guarantee an outcome or final product. The highest likelihood of your client getting an outcome is by utilizing your time. What that means is that you'll almost always have to ramp up from a low paid trial period where they test you out. So what that means is that you're entering, even after you've sold the client, now you're entering into another layer of a sales cycle. I'm not necessarily saying that this is bad and there are not ever times for doing this in your company. And also what can happen is at different growth stages in your company, this this might make more sense, particularly when you're really figuring out what your target market is. But having another layer of sales cycle, of course, there's always going to be this initial period where you're ensuring fit. But if you're setting yourself up for this other sales cycle, rather than, creating a plan to get your client the best results possible in the least amount of time. Here's the challenge with this. And it brings me on to number three is that best possible results often don't happen with smaller test projects. So maybe you've experienced that yourself. So unless this is a specific part of your process, and it it lends itself well to this, you could be putting yourself in a place where You have to work really hard in the first stages of your agreement, oftentimes going outside of scope to be able to prove yourself, prove your value. And in doing that, one of the things that we hear a lot, and an agency owner just told me this week that how do we get these longer term retainers? Because what happens is we'll do this project work and we'll be busting our butts three, four months and do really great work. But that's around the time where the client's like, all right, well, we're good. So how do you be able to extend that into the long term so the client sees the value in an ongoing work? Because then what happens is that those first few months of a client engagement is, are the least profitable for your business. So even if you're going to retain that client for a longer period of time, over years maybe, there's like the start and stop period that happens that's not very profitable for your company and also poses the challenge for your client that you're constantly going back and forth and having to ramp back up results rather than just giving them your very best from the very beginning. And maybe you've experienced that. Have you ever done small projects that you've had the challenge of both delivering on, delivering this amazing experience, and then also having to upsell to the next level? I've been there and it's really frustrating having to balance the two when all you want to do is just deliver really great results. But now you have to find yourself in this place where you're selling yourself again because a client isn't investing enough into the entire process, which can make you feel like you have to either pull back so you don't give away the farm, or to over-deliver and potentially even lose money in the project. We do see that happen quite a bit. So it can leave you feeling conflicted, so maybe you're over-delivering, the client feels full, as I might say, and then it just results in this start-stop cycle, which hurts the client's progress and kills your business profit margins. You do need to get clients on retainers, and you need to find a way to, that it's no brainer for your client to be working with you from an earlier time and at a higher commitment earlier so that you're not working for scraps to prove your team's worth. So instead of thinking in projects or time, think about it like orchestrating an experience to generate your very best client results ever. And that can come in the form of a program. So let me give you an example of this. So Alan and Zach, their agency is Hook Lead and they serve SaaS businesses. And what we we did is they went from where they were an agency that worked with SaaS companies to an agency that delivered 500% more sales demos in six months. Now they were not able to do that when we first worked together on this, but What we looked at is under the best circumstances, what are the things you need to have in place to do your very best work? And we just worked this out. We pushed these different variables between client type and outcome and the problem and really understanding those three variables. And what came out of that is this clear five-step process to be able to generate 500% more sales demos in six months. So we looked at what was it gonna take to to accelerate the return on investment? and And we built a process around what their clients actually wanted, not what they wanted to deliver. So what that did is it moved them off these one-off little projects that were driving down a, quite a low monthly fee. versus And sometimes they would have a relatively high monthly fee, but they would only be staying for a few months. Again, that same challenge of like you doing these, these one-off projects and clients get what they need and don't continue on. So what we did was we put together this program, like I mentioned, that had that big outcome And now all prospects want that offer, but they won't deliver that for just anyone. They get to pick and choose their clients and they've been able to over double their fees and also double their monthly income in three months. And that's because they're now selling a bigger outcome and a journey for their clients to get what they actually want. And they've been able to replace the smaller projects that ate up their bandwidth. And now they have more bandwidth for the right work and the profit margins to hire support to grow. So This perfectly illustrates what I'm going to share here next with the biggest challenge number four, which is working up to a retainer with small tester projects. It keeps the CEO stuck working in the business. So these smaller projects, while they seem like they can be a nice little cash injection in your business, and honestly, it really is a good thing to do at some points in your business, but when you start running into issues with bandwidth, you really need to make sure that those projects that you're taking on are really worth it. So there's this this myth that all revenue is good revenue, but that is totally wrong. All revenue was good revenue when you were starting out and really hungry, but the business can become bottlenecked by these one-off, highly customized, strategy-heavy projects that are mostly delivered by you as the CEO. And When you're scaling your business, you need to focus on the right kinds of services to offer that are not going to be keeping you bottlenecked in it. And I am not saying that you shouldn't do one-on-one work with clients, but what I'm saying is that is really evaluate if these little one-off projects are really serving you. And I'm also not saying that you should completely get rid of them because like I was saying with Alan and Zach, they replaced the smaller projects with larger ones. And it's really this transition where you get to when you're just like, I'm simply not willing to do any more of those projects because you see the impact that it has on your team and on your business and ultimately on your clients too when you realize that these smaller projects, it's not the full outcome that we can deliver these clients, and we would rather just work with clients that we can do our very best work for. What happens is that at a certain point in your growth, the CEO's time is more profitably spent working on the business, rather than in the business doing client work. Again, like I mentioned, this doesn't mean that you're not doing client work, but it might mean that you stop doing all client management. Your team manages what we call your service management blueprint. And what that is like the whole journey for through your client journey to be able to get a, a specific outcome like i was giving you the example the, the 500% more sales demos there might be key areas of the process where you add value but you can put your hat on as the strategist and your team uses you as a resource to manage client outcomes so instead of you being the one managing client outcomes your team is managing it and they're pulling you in at key points where you're going to add the most value and let's face it, once your team clearly knows how to deliver the vision and you know what success looks like, they're going to do a whole lot better job at managing all those details and ensuring that happens on schedule than you are. You empowering your team by communicating the vision of what success looks like is going to be what allows you to step back from that. And then what happens is you don't have to contain that all in your brain. And what we have seen is that you will be able to at least double your mental capacity for serving clients. And- That's one of the things that we've seen is that it's not necessarily the team capacity or team resources that can slow down the growth of the company, but the overall mental capacity for the CEO, who is oftentimes the key strategist. And you just making another sale sometimes can be just like, yes, that's amazing. Oh, no, now I have to fulfill this. So you want to get to this point where you make a sale and it's exciting because you know that your team is going to be helping you really manage all that as well. I recall about two years ago when Jen, our program director, she came on to partner full-time at Hands Off CEO. And before she came on, I was really struggling with client management. And you had to pry it from my death grip hands. And I even fired people in the past for saying the wrong things to clients that I felt could have really hurt the relationship. And maybe you've experienced before that letting go of that relationship, that direct relationship where you're emailing back and forth and staying on top of clients, that can be really scary. And maybe some of you listening to this who have done it before, you can really understand that. And maybe if you haven't, if you're stuck in that right now, you, you can really feel that as well. But when she came on, it was such a huge relief and for, for me to really uh, let go of that and trust her to be able to take that on. And it was really easy for me to trust her because she had been a fractional COO for 10 years in 100 different companies before coming on um, full-time at Hands Off CEO. At more of an executive level, it was really easy for me to pass it off. But how do you pass that off to more of a junior level person? Because not every company is at a place where you're ready to bring on a COO at that level. And most are simply even not, not trained that either. And and part of the reason why I was so fortunate to have that role in the company is because I was bringing her on not only as a CEO role in our company, but also as a strategist for our clients and for for their teams as well. I was really able to benefit from that. But what was really magical was when Jennifer and I hired an executive assistant to take over that role. And the first time that I saw this executive assistant on our team be able to email back and forth with a client in a way that it just blew my mind. Trina on our team, she was able to just so masterfully respond to the challenges of this client and help reassure him that we had his back and that we understood where he was coming from. I had a call with him a couple days later that was scheduled and she reassured him that he was in the right place. And the level of empathy that she brought to that email within this client communication, I was just stunned with because it was probably more empathetic than I would have even been able to communicate over email. Now, in person, I'm pretty good at that. But over email, it was something that she was even better at than me. And this is what's really amazing when you're able to step out of the day-to-day in the company and actually have people do things that are that they're better at it than you. And it's a humbling experience, but it's also really incredible to see that. Now, I want to add something into this, too. This is not just training. The bigger part is knowing what you need and screening for the perfect fit in your company and for the role. And that's very important work that Jen and I do with our agency clients here at Hands Off CEO and for our tribe. And also, I'm, I'm wondering, would it be valuable for us to do a podcast episode on how to get out of client management? We actually have a process called a client management escape plan. Anyway, email me if you would like to hear this. It's mandy at handsoffceo.com. Mandy with an I. Because that could be a future episode we could do. Also, email us if you have any other ideas for what you'd like to see more of on the podcast. In summary, the top four challenges with retainers are the values driven by hours build, another layer of the sales cycle that you have to sell your client multiple times, three, the best possible results oftentimes don't happen with a small tester projects, and four, Working up to a retainer with smaller test projects actually keeps you as a CEO stuck working in the business instead of on it. So that can really hold back growth. And how to overcome these four challenges is to do what Zach and Alan did and to replace piecemeal projects with a program to deliver a much bigger outcome over a longer period of time. And for them, it really drove bigger client commitment. And higher fees and longer engagements. And what happens is the client wins and the business wins as well. So, this revolutionized their business because now they're selling a pathway to a much bigger outcome. And they're standing by results rather than just offering a retainer agreement that is risky for the client and leaves them reluctant to invest until after you've done a ton of work to prove yourself. So, instead, really getting clear on the bigger outcome you can provide for which clients and sell that and really see your business transform. So if you'd like to see how this whole process works, doubling your retainers is is a piece of this, right? If you'd like to see how this works, we do an executive briefing where we lay out this whole process and you can see how it fits in your business. And basically you can get free coaching from me because we're doing this in small little groups, I'm only allowing a few people, but we host them on Wednesdays at 12pm mountain time. But they do fill up fast because I prefer to have a lot of interaction in a smaller group. But if you would like to come to one of our next executive briefings, you can go to handsoffceo.com forward slash RSVP to reserve your spot. Thank you so much for listening. This is Mandy Ellison with the Hands Off CEO podcast signing off. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hands Off CEO with Mandy Ellefson. If you want to work less and make more, make sure you subscribe and get a new episode every week and help spread the word by leaving a review.